What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. Another blessed Saturday, guys. Um, this podcast is me having a healthy monologue where I, where I speak about things that I'm learning. I hope in the future that I will be able to have open dialogue with guests and I want to be able to discuss these topics that I'm bringing on this platform. Now, today, once again, we're talking about perfection. But we always say we're not perfect. But I look at that as an excuse. And... One of the things that I I wanted to speak on today is kind of like, you know, something that I deal with a lot, you know, as far as I go when it comes to revenge. And the reason why I bring 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 these topics and the reason why I'm talking about perfection is because we seem to think that God has a, a expectation of us that we should be perfect. God, God knows us. He created us, so he knows that we're not perfect. The thing about us is we like to make excuses. And one of the things that I want to talk about as far as I go is, is revenge. Revenge to me feels good when I'm, you know, when it plays out in my mind. It feels good. And God says vengeance is mine. But once again, we talk about I am not perfect. And that opens the door for what a lot of people talk about when it comes to Christians. You know, our hypocrisy. How we say one thing, but we do another. And we have coined that phrase, I'm not perfect. And it's our justification card. And we play it every time we want to do something wrong. And we don't we don't realize that that's what's going on in the world because without God there's chaos. If you look at what's going on right now today with our leaders, uh what's going on in the Ukraine, we we always want to do things on our own and then when it gets too hard and it becomes the you know <clears throat> something we can't deal with we decide then we decide that we want to call on a higher power and we ask the question you know where did I go where did I go wrong well we do things the way we want to do it and that's not good like I talked about revenge. Like I said, it plays out perfect in my mind. And I don't want to give God the chance to take vengeance. Because sometimes to me, it feels like he takes too long. And I'm saying that to say, we have to connect with God. We need to connect with God. We connect with God so that we can understand him. 
and we will have the knowledge and the know-how in navigating this world. We'll understand that he's never taken too long, and he's never slack in what he does. We have to realize that, and that's what the connection with him does. Then we, we, we will be able to stop saying, I'm not perfect. We'll be able to say, hey, I'm striving to do better, to be better. We got to understand what it means. Like when we talk about revenge, what does trying to get revenge and retaliating do for you? How does it benefit you? Sometimes we have to do a, we need to do a cost-benefit analysis, understanding what is this going to do for me? How does this benefit me? Revenge. Think about how much work and how much effort and how much energy it takes to try to pay somebody back evil for evil. And I wanted to pose this question. Why do we do wrong and make our excuses? And we say, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And then when the consequences come and the trouble comes, we want to say, where is God? We want to say, if God is this all-knowing, all-being, where is he when all of the tragedies, all of the calamities come? Well, let's look at Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But, but, now, but is that transition word. So, he said, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, that's self-explanatory. I'm not going to break that scripture down. I brought that scripture to say, listen to what he told him. Listen to the basic instruction that he gave man. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, that's a basic instruction. That's a basic commandment. Simple, right? Okay. <clears throat> now, let's listen to the lie. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but, now even, she used the transition word, but. God said, you shall not eat of the tree, eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. 
neither shall you touch it, lest you die. God gave a simple instruction. She had knowledge of the instruction. Now, like I said, I posed the question, why do we do wrong? And then when the consequences come, we say, where is God? Why am I going through this? Why am I suffering this? With our finances, with our kids, with our spouses, with our parents, and and so on and so on. On the job, <clears throat> we wonder, where is God? What where did I where did what happened? Why is God not helping me? Why is he not hearing my prayers? He said You can eat from any tree in the garden, but the tree of knowledge and of good and uh, of good and evil. So she knew because even she said, "But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden; neither shall you touch it, lest you die." Now she didn't call it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But she knew which tree he was talking about. But the serpent, as that transition word, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So look at that, look at that, that manipulative spirit. And that's what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. That's manipulative. He was—he wanted to be like God, so he—he he wants us to feel like that's the—that's the status we should have on this earth. It's just like—it's just like a a, a martial arts sensei. And and he has this one student that decides that he wants to challenge him and he wants to be, he wants to replace him, he wants to remove him. Or it's just like in an organization and you got the boss, the big boss, and you got the, the people that's underneath after so long, the people at the bottom want a piece of the, the pie too. So what do they do? They decide, I wanna be I wanna take his spot, so I'll take him out. I'll knock him out I'll knock him out the box. But the problem with, with with that when it comes to the Lord, we can't knock him out the box. We can't push him out the way. We can't do anything without him. Because when we do our lives is chaotic. Nothing is nothing goes right. And we ask that question, but we also want to play devil's advocate and I'm not perfect and every you know, nobody's perfect, so but that is not an open door to do what you want, to take revenge, to 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 decide that I'm going to try to hurt somebody the way they hurt me. I'm going to 
spend my money frivolously. Like, whatever I want to do, I can do it. Until every one of my plans backfires. Now, let's continue looking at this. He said, for God knows that when you eat of your eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. <clears throat> so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband. Now, when you want to mess up and you want to use your excuses, don't bring nobody else into your mess. See, that, that, that's also the problem. We want to we do our own thing and we know it's wrong, but then we want to bring people into our mess. Now, I'm not a preacher. I just want us to understand when we decide that Christianity and going to, to, to church it is not the thing. You know, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to make your life better. Uh, we, we're serving the white man's God and all of those cliches that we use to make excuses on why we do stupid things. Foolish things. Now, I pose the question, when we do all of those things, where is God? So let's finish looking at it. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Now, they saw that they were naked. Now, where is God in all of this? Where is God? Because we ask that question after we've made a big mess and everything starts to fall apart. Where is God? Let me show you where God is. In verse 8 of Genesis 3, 1 through 8. In verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, why did they hide? Because they knew they were in the wrong. So, what what is that saying in verse 8? God is watching over us at all times. But when we decide that we want to do what we want to do, why... Why would he why would he step in and force you to make a decision when you know better? Because he could control us like that. Now would you like it if God did not give you a choice to make the right decisions? What if he was like a dictator? What if he was like a dictator? What if he had decided to step right in when the serpent was, was, was manipulating Eve. What if he had decided to just step in and stop that? Think about where we would be. 
it, it, it would do no good for him to always step in and stop us from making foolish mistakes when we have a brain to think and make proper decisions. If you know better, you do better. It's no such thing as nobody is perfect. Because when God is talking about perfection, he's talking about Follow instructions. You have a choice. You have free will. Perfection is 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 it's a lifelong process. But you can do it when you repent and you decide to make better decisions. Perfection is not I'm gonna do everything right. Perfection is I do something, I make a mistake, I learn from these mistakes. I don't continue to get out of a situation and get right back in it. Because how do you feel when somebody gives you a simple task? And as soon as they walk away, you, you, you either forget it. Don't comprehend it and don't want to tell them you don't comprehend it. Or you comprehend it and you just want to do things your way. And then once you deal with, have to deal with the consequences, it's nobody's perfect. It's I'm only human. It's, well... I tried it that way. It didn't work. But if you if you put forth the same effort in trying to do right as we do trying to be to get our way and be selfish, imagine what our life will look like. Now, like I said, where is God? He's right there, but he's not a dictator. He's not going to stop you from making bad choices if you want to make that choice. But when everything falls apart, it's not up to him to stop you from making silly decisions. It's up to you to commune with him. Take take his guidance and 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 allow him to guide you and show you the right way, so that you can reach your full potential. So you won't have to make excuses. That's where he is. He's allowing you to to mature on mature and use. Your, your, the brain that he gave you. Because we are a special creation. We are his greatest creation. We can make the right decision. But he, and, and he allows us to make the right decision. He allows us to walk away from unnecessary conversations or corrupt talk. 
He can, he allows you to make the decision to say, I'm not going to gossip. He allows you to make the decision to say, I'm not going to argue with this person and fight with this person and hold a grudge against this person. He allows you because we would be like robots if he decided to say, hey, I'm going to stop her from doing this right now. I'm going to stop him from doing this right now. He wants us to make the right decision because he gave us the mind and and the willpower and he is loud he's pouring his spirit into us so that we can make the right decision think about your children when you've given all that you have and you pouring you poured all your knowledge into them you ex you have expectations of them and you try to step in and stop them from making bad decisions. Because you feel like I gave you this and now you want to do this. And don't you get tired? So where is God? Is He never gets tired but he backs off and he says, hey, let him do his thing. Let her do her thing. Before it's too late, I hope, I hope that he or she comes to her senses. And he, I won't get into how he dealt with Adam and Eve, but he did deal with them. He did show them, hey, this is the consequence of your actions. Now, let's talk about another topic. When we make excuses, when we, when we say, you know, I'm not perfect, I'm only human. Now, why is it that I cannot be kind? Why is that so hard? And my excuse, in all honesty, is I treat people how they treat me. And once again, it's that I repay evil for evil. And how does it benefit me? How does that benefit me? Because I, I gave you my excuse. I, I treat people how they treat me. That's my excuse. But if I want to fight, if I want to listen to basic instructions and I want to do the right thing and I want to stop making excuses, I will listen to what God says. And what does he say about it? Repay no one evil for evil. Romans 20, Romans 12, 17 through 21. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not... Look how he, he, he deals with us. 
He calls us beloved. Even when he's talking to. Even when he's talking to disobedient. Disrespectful. Children. And trying to tell them. Don't repay evil for evil. He doesn't say listen to you. Listen uh, stupid. Or listen to what I'm saying. And he doesn't get loud with us. Beloved is a term of endearment. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. He is so kind and, and, and soft with us. And why is that so hard? Oh, I'm not perfect. You make me mad. You know, I, you got to feel my wrath. But he said, beloved, don't you know, to talk to somebody in a kind manner would probably gain more of their attention than you coming at them. Look, I said you better or Deciding, hey, you did this, so now I'm going to do this. Because listen to what he says. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written. Vengeance is mine. I repay. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I'm not going to break that scripture down because, like I said, I'm not a preacher. I just want you to hear what God says to us. Because when we get frustrated after we've told somebody something three, four times, Think about when you tell your spouse something three times. By the third time, you're mad. Same thing with your kids. You tell them something three times. By that third time, you're frustrated and your whole tone and everything changes. But Jesus, but Jesus' word says, but the word of the Lord says, be loved. So he's, he's using a term of endearment for us. Because he's concerned for us. We don't want to wait on God's vengeance. And that's a bad thing. Because that says to him. That we're not patient. We're not willing to allow his plan to take shape. We're not willing to allow him to do. What he said he would do. That means we don't trust him. And if you don't have trust and faith in the Lord, guess what? You're disappointing him more. It disappoints him more when you don't trust him and you don't have faith in him. Our, our decisions, our bad choices, our, our sin, we can repent for. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. And why is that? Because someone that all he wants to do is love us, we rather chase after a, a, a society and a world 
that will turn on us in the blink of an eye. That will change the way they feel about us in the blink of an eye. We we can be at the top of the we can be at the highest peak of 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 a mountain, and we can be on the top of our game at one minute, and the next minute you're in the valley of the shadow of death, and you and you're there by yourself because the people that act like they have your back, they all they're all scattered, they're all running. They don't want to deal with you and your problems and your issues. So when we talk about perfection, those are the things that we're talking about. Choose wisely. Make good choices. Luke 22, verse 50 and 51 says, Because think about Jesus. When he was uh, betrayed by Judas. And they were coming to arrest him. And in Luke 22, 50 and 51. Let's look at this. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest. And cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said. Permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed it. Now they they they're coming to arrest him and take him away, and he hadn't done anything. But he, when when one of his disciples cut off that man's ear, he healed that man's ear because he's shown, and that shows this is not always the way to fight. Because listen, what he says after this. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. So he's letting them know, hey, Come, you come to do this to me at this hour, at this point in time. This is your time to shine. But I'm going to have my time at eternal life. And I'm going to grant this to all of my followers and all of my believers. So have your, So allow people to have their shine because it's only for a moment. Because when the time comes, we're going to be able to be with him in glory. So, I just want people to understand that we can run, but we cannot hide. We, we may try to do things on our own, but it never works out. Because it's not meant to be that way. We all need help. But we also need people around us that want to help. That have the right spirit. That has the right motivation. And we also have have to have the spirit and the understanding. Hey, let your enemies have their moment. 
Because it, it doesn't mean that they won. Let them have their moment. So I said, when we, when we don't allow God or we don't wait on God, it means that we don't trust his plan to take shape. But what does our plan consist of? Our plan is to, is, is to be prosperous. And that's where our finance and material things come in. But God wants us to be wealthy. Riches with an unclean heart is not prosperity. I know we have a lot of people that talk about do this and do that and you will be prosperous. But if your spirit and your heart is not right, the prosperity is no good. Think about how many celebrities have fallen from grace. It's not because... God wanted to see them fall or God is punishing them. We have to realize that he is the one that's in control. Just as fast as we can get it, it can be taken away. So riches without a un- with an unclean heart means nothing. Our plan also consists of having everything that dresses us up on the outside. But listen to what God says, what Luke 16 and 15 says. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So if you're trying to lift yourself up, make yourself look good to man, it says that that's an abomination in the sight of God. So think about our troubles and we make the excuse we're not perfect think about those things that we do and we don't realize that we're doing them like you don't realize to dress up and try to look like somebody means nothing when when your heart is not right because God said that's an abomination when you want to exalt yourself among men when you want every man to to say that per- you are this, you are that. You want the praise. You want man to say you are the greatest. You are you are who they respect. You are who they count on. You. It's just like we blame the preacher for. Why we don't want to attend the assembly. We want to say he's not. We want to determine whether he's a real man of God. And all of those things. But the problem with that is. What are you putting into this? What are we bringing to the table? Because a lot of us say. My pastor said this. The preacher said this on Sunday. But do you ever think about how you misrepresent God on your own when you're not amongst other believers? When you try to exalt yourself among men. You don't think about when, you, when you're always trying to impress 
instead of professing that God is the reason for your smile, your joy. He's the reason why you can make it through any day. We need to start professing instead of trying to impress people. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to glorify him. He wants people to say, hey, what must I do to be saved? Not what must I do to have what you have or to get what you got. And that brings to brings me to my next question. What is my excuse for not thinking beyond what I just mentioned? What I just mentioned, impressing people. That's earthly progress. When everybody, ooh, look at him, look at her. Man, she got it going on, he got it going on. And you're the talk of the you're the talk of the town, but why does my mind and my spirit not think past that? Because I have not cleaned up my heart. But what will God do about that? God said in Ezekiel thirty six twenty five through twenty seven, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be clean from your uncleanliness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now, being a Christian does not come with a bunch of rules. Being a Christian is more simple than we think. Being a Christian means I can be kind. I don't have to repay you evil for evil. I can love you even though you don't know how to love me back. I can show you respect. I can treat you how I want to be treated. I don't have to get back at you because you've done something wrong or you've done something that you know is not right. I don't have to play that game with you. It's not hard. When he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, he said, I will remove the heart of stone from you. And that's what it is. We decide, we, we make these decisions. But when you make decisions, be ready to live with those, with those decisions. Be prepared to, to, to accept what comes with it. Because every time you do something, for every action, there's a reaction. And there are consequences. There are consequences. And we have to realize that Revenge, I talked about revenge in this episode. 
And I ask some questions that we need to think about, like simply just being kind, even when people don't want to be kind to you. Not running away from God's plan and trying to create your own plan. And then deciding to ask the question after you've made all your excuses. I'm not perfect. We all make mistakes. Look at what you've done. Think about this. If you know better, you will do better. Not trying to sound, sound even though it may sound cliche. That's, the, that's how simple it is to be a follower of Christ. You know better, you do better. You love, not because you have to, but because you were first loved by God. That's more important than anything that we can come up in our earthly thinking. And I'm going to end this episode, and I want God's word to have, I want God to have the last word. Because no matter what I say in all of this and when I when in each episode of my podcast, it really doesn't matter what I say. I really want you to hear what God says. Matthew seven and fourteen says, For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Be a part of that few by believing God's word. How simple is that? How simple is that? He tells you the way to to, to real life is narrow. But if you choose the way because the majority, you choose the way of the majority, he's telling you, it's not like it's not like the, the, the natural. You gotta think beyond the natural. Because in in the natural sense in this in our society, majority rules. But in the in in, in, in the kingdom, God rules. And and when you allow him to rule you're not following the majority. You're following one entity. So think about that. Majority rules in, in, in our society. But in the kingdom, God rules. Why are you following 50 million blind people when you can follow one wise and all-knowing, and all-loving, and all-caring, omnipresent God. Because when you follow one, it's not a whole bunch of confusion. The majority, you got a million opinions. You got a million ideologies. But with Christ, you got one ideology. Love, honor me first because I am love. 
love yourself, and then others. The, the, the simple hierarchy to a good life. Love, praise God. Serving with all your heart, with all your being. Find yourself and find that love of self so that you can learn how to love everyone else. So like he said, narrow is the way. And it's hard that leads to life. Why did he say it's hard? Because we look at everything from with the physical eye. Okay, everyone's going this way. But if you go this way, where you got to focus, it's narrow because it's like you got tunnel vision when it comes to this. It's narrow. Tunnel vision means, look, I see this, and I'm, I'm going to keep going towards this because it leads to life. And those who find it are few. Be a part of that few by believing God's word. So, guys, I love you. Thank those who are listening. And I pray that God will bless you and you have a great rest of your weekend. Until next time, Lord's willing. Peace and love. Stay safe. And keep God first.